Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues brings expert guests to the airways to talk through your divorce questions and fill in the gray areas about separating. From thinking about divorce, to how to behave during divorce, to what to do after, this is Divorce Dialogues. Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. I'm the founder at the Miller Law Group. I'm a director at the Center for Understanding and Conflict, and I am on a mission to change how people divorce and help them divorce with dignity. And my guest today is Bernadette Smith. She's the founder of Compatible Connections, which is a boutique coaching firm that works exclusively with widows and divorced women across all 50 states. And I think that Bernadette Smith, it's to help them find new partners. Is that correct? Absolutely correct. Compatible partners. What does that mean to you, compatible? Compatible means that you absolutely have something in common. Catherine, today women are out there dating backwards. They're so focused on trying to screen for deal breakers and red flags, and they're missing the, they're really missing the flag. The flag really is to date thinking about what do you have in common with this person? this state I'm just needing. Actually, it's even a better idea to find out if someone's compatible before you even come face to face. I teach my clients to screen gentlemen on the phone before the first date. And how do you do that? You know, it's, it sounds sort of like a kind of hiring matrix, right? It's like, can you answer these four questions? <laughs> Is that right? Something like that? No, actually not. My Actually, I teach my girls to be fun, light, and flirty. They learn to partner with themselves first. So after divorce, what I really like women to focus on is to do an autopsy, Catherine, on their marriage, what worked, what didn't work, and what they would do differently next time. And the reason why these questions are so important to women after divorce going out there to date is because they have to get really clear with themselves first before they even decide to go out to date. What are they getting clear about? Who they are what they want in a partner, in a relationship, and actually the reason why they actually would think about going out dating again. I mean, what they're looking for. Exactly. You know, Catherine, the real interesting thing is not common sense is not so common. And dating today is quite a slippery slope, especially after divorce. But what I need to tell the audience here today is that people date for all different reasons. And so you have to actually ask yourself that question first to find out what is your reason for dating. Some people date for fun. Some people date for companionship. I have a lot of clients that want to get married again. Well, I have to tell you, Catherine, there are a lot of people out there on the market that don't want anything to do with marriage after divorce. So why do you think this question might be important? Why do I think that question about what people are looking for? No, what, why is it important to know the reason why you're dating? Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, if I think even back in my own ancient history about this, it's, it's been different things at different times. And, you know, I think that that, I think it's a really good question as to what, what your, what the purpose is here, because I think a lot of people will just assume, I think this is what you're saying, that everyone is dating to repartner on a permanent basis. And that's not, always true. It could just be just a date. (laughs) And for the most part, it is just a date. So 
by being really clear with yourself and asking yourself these important questions first. I call it partnering with yourself first. It will really help you save many years on the dating scene, even dead-end relationships. I have a client right now who's in a five-year relationship, and she was coached about asking the hard questions up front first. Five years into this relationship, she just found out that he really wasn't interested in marriage again. That wasn't what she heard in the beginning, or else they still wouldn't be together. However, he changed his mind. Yeah. And this, I have to tell you, is so common. So when I tell you in relationships, the actions speak louder than the words, she was getting messages. However, she was so so far into the relationship, she was really afraid to ask or go deeper. Yeah, I think that that's probably pretty common. I mean, I think that happens in marriage, too, is that there become certain not, uh, things that just are too, sort of almost too important to talk about. Right. And so here's here's a skill. I'm I'm all about skills and tools, Catherine. And here's a skill I will teach couples and singles. It's called a relationship checkup. A relationship checkup is a check-in once a month. I ask everyone to schedule a date night, whether you're home or out. It's important to reconnect and ask yourself questions once again. So what have a love fest starting out. What I love about you is And then go on to say, you know what I'm noticing before a big argument occurs? Notice things. Keep notes from month to month just to have an agenda and say, you know, what's working in the relationship? Is there anything we'd like to do differently? I think checking in once a month as couples and even daters in relationships, it really keeps things um, growing. It keeps things fun. I like to say fun, light, and flirty. Yeah. You know, I want to go back, Bernadette Smith, to something you said before about how when you start to date after a divorce, I mean, I guess this could be true after a widowhood, but maybe not quite mm-hmm. as crucial, but to really sort of examine the relationship that you that has just ended and think about what worked about it and what didn't work about it. Because I think people, you know, the statistics on second and third marriages are much worse than statistics on first marriages, which aren't that good to begin with. So, mm-hmm. you know, people tend to just kind of get out of the frying pan into the fire and repeat the same mistakes, um, but without the same kind of, you know, social norms that keep them in marriages. So like rather than, you know, they'll just sort of just end it again because, hey, I ended it the first time and it wasn't that bad. This time we'll have a prenup, right, or something like that. Well, they try to make it a little better, but they really don't. Right. They don't because they don't, there's no real self-examination about what did I bring and what were my expectations and how did I respond to you? What can I, I can't control you, but I certainly can have influence and realize how I'm participating. What do you think about that? I think it's well said. I think that women today need to take the time to look at themselves. What do they truly want? What truly makes them happy now? Now, we all, a lot of women today are coming out of 20, 25, 30-year marriages, for God's sakes. And when was the last time they really had time to reflect on just them? See, this is one opportunity divorced women have. It's one thing that they have that a lot of married couples don't have, and it's called some free time now. Right. So it's actually up to her to really think about how is she going to spend that free time? You know, when I was divorced, I lost a 25-year marriage, Catherine. I filed. However, I wanted so desperately to really 
do things differently next time? Because first of all, I couldn't believe I got it wrong the first time. Nobody gets married thinking they're getting divorced. No. You know, blonde hair, blue eyes, body like a lifeguard. I thought I had the package. (laughs) Well, of course I did. However, I put him through medical school. He cheated. And I said, oh, my, that's not cool. And I filed for divorce. So here I was 25 years later. I went to my mom, Catherine. I said, you know what? What did I do when I was younger that made me happy? And she said, right away, she didn't even have to think about it. You loved music and you loved to dance. And, oh, by the way, you were a tomboy and you loved to go out and play in the neighborhood with the boys. And I said, hmm, there are my answers. Do you know what I did? What? I started golf lessons. I put myself in a golf clinic and I said, I hear it's a really difficult sport. Number one, it's supposed to be a gentleman's game, so maybe I'll meet some. But I also wanted to create a new community of friends. And you and I both know how important that is after divorce. So I put myself in a golf clinic and I met a lot of lovely ladies. And do you know how long it takes to play a game of golf? A long time. Four hours. (laughs) And then they go to the 19th hole, which in my opinion is the most fun because it's the bar. (laughs) And an ice cold beer after 18 holes of golf is a lot of fun. And you never know who you're going to meet. I also went into group dancing lessons. I went disco dancing. It was so much fun. I met so many people, and it was a wonderful way to exercise and keep me in my skinny jeans. That's great. And I think, you know, Bernadette, what you're talking about is really getting outside yourself. Instead of sitting at home going, poor me, I'll never date again, you know, you thought, what can I do to do something that's going to get me out of myself, out of my house, and make me happy? And you know what? If I meet someone else, that'd be great. It's the icing on the cake, and that's what I tell the girls I work with. When they partner with themselves first, they find out what their core values are. What emotionally needs do you have? that you would love to have in a relationship. How about personality traits, Catherine? People don't even think about personality traits. I married a complete opposite. Do you know what I say about that? Opposites attract, but eventually they attack. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because I always say that, you know, if you think about it, the problem that led to divorce probably showed up on the first date and certainly in the first two weeks. You just overlooked it. You didn't see it. You didn't even see it coming because you're not looking for it. You're not focused on What's important to you? And putting yourself first may seem foreign to a lot of people going out and dating because they just want to meet someone. They want to have fun. They want to be accepted. They want to be adored. They want all these things outside themselves. But in order to get them, you really have to do your own homework first. Absolutely. And and I think character traits are so important when you meet people for the first time. Well, let's talk about that. But before that, I want to remind our listeners that this is Divorce Dialogues. I'm Catherine Miller. We're here on WVOX 1460 AM every other Wednesday from 5 to 530. And we're also available as a podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud and on the podcast website, which is www.divorcedialogues.com. And I'm talking today with Bernadette Smith. She's the founder of Compatible Connections. She helps women get back in the dating scene after being widowed or divorced. And we're talking now about character traits. And let's Let's talk about that, Bernadette. What do you think are what people should be looking for? Well, first, I'd like to give them the definition of a character trait because people may assume they know. But to be really clear, it's a valued aspect of a person's behavior. Its character traits really represent how people see their world and how they choose to show up in it. So I really believe that when you honor your core values, you align with your character traits. 
Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And how do you like, all right, imagine we have a listener out there and she's just thinking about reentering the dating world. And a lot of women take some time after divorce to even begin to think about dating again. So many women clients who've said, you know what, I'm never going to date again. It's going to be years before I date. But imagine they're ready to start thinking about it. What are the, some of the things that they might need a refresher on? Oh, that's a great question. Well, I have to tell you, the rules of the culture of dating in today's modern scene is so drastically changed. It's not so much that they need a refresher. They need a whole new set of skills, to be totally honest with you. I know it may sound discouraging, but it is easier to become a confident, conscious dater when you really think about yourself first, when you really partner with yourself first, everything we've already talked about, Catherine, I think the dating scene is a very slippery slope. And I would advise your listeners to seek the help that they need to get really clear with their authentic self, who they really are at the core and where they want to take their life. What you know, is, I, marriage yeah. isn't for everyone down the road. I say it's the icing of the cake and not all cakes need icing. But to go out and, and meet some, there are really great guys out there, I have to tell you. And one in every five relationships begin online. So I would do some homework and I would get really clear with what am I really looking for? But really get good with your questions. And we get back to character traits a little bit here. I teach actually connecting questions to my clients. I have 101 dating questions that she gets when she works with me. But she'll start off with really easy ones. And the very first easy question to ask um, someone you meet for the first time is, what do you do with your free time? The question's an easy question. Men love it, and you get a lot of different answers. But as you really become a good listener for got it, got it, don't got it, don't want it, they don't make anyone wrong, but they wish them well, and there is a lid for every pot, Catherine. (laughs) So when you say that it's a whole new world, and obviously online dating is a really big thing and uh, something that many women reentering the dating world never had to deal with or don't even know where to begin. And in the work that you do, do you help people like develop their profiles and, you know, sort of think that through? Or is it more on the actual once they have somebody that they're interested in? You know what I do? I give them my whole self. No one goes on alone. We start, I meet every week, one hour a week for six weeks. And I, I go online with them. We do profiles together. We get their email uh, taglines together. We go shopping together. I show them to learn to read with just getting the essence of what these profiles are telling you. And then we always email first and we send out connecting questions, questions that are important to her to find out about him before she even wants to meet him. So my girls become the chooser and no one goes online dating alone. That sounds like like you're like a really good friend, a wingman, wingwoman. I am a wingwoman. It's online. <laughs> she, I, I, I really, I pick up their emails. I do a lot of things for these girls. It's so much fun for me, Catherine, because every client is different. I bet they are. And what are some of the mistakes that, that you can help them avoid? Oh, with online dating, well, I'll tell you the first thing, and every client I ever had made this mistake. It really baffles me. They give out their phone numbers, their iPhone numbers to complete strangers. And the reason why this is simple is because their phone numbers are connected to a lot of personal information. Mm. Sure, you already know this. Yeah. Well, let's, for our listeners, like, what are some of the risks of doing that? 
Well, they actually, there are scammers and creeps out there. And so what women need to know is that every man has a GPS. What that means is a girl positioning system. So they need to be on the lookout for men who move quickly with compliments and questions that could set them up for a scam or invade your personal space. Divorced women and widows especially are often asked how long they've been divorced or how long, you know, or when did they become a widow. Scammers will size them up for vulnerability because they know they're now the controller of their finances. Mm. It's really a sad situation, but every widow I've ever worked with was approached by a scammer within the first week of online dating. Wow, that's pretty fascinating and scary statistic. Yeah. So another thing women need to understand when they go online dating is that you absolutely need to create a separate email address for dating. This address shouldn't share any personal information, but it should be fun, light, and flirty. For an example, one client liked to golf, so her email was T-E-E for two. Another loved chocolate and music, and she created Sweet Beats. For me, I used Charlotte looking for Harry on J-Date and attracted a lot of Sex of the City fans, so boy, did I have a lot of fun with men looking for <laughs> Samantha. <laughs> that wasn't a connection. <laughs> so do you think that they should also have a separate cell phone for this purpose? Oh, absolutely. There's something called a burner phone that your listeners um, should know about. It's an app that they can download to their phone, and it gives them another line, a totally uh, separate phone line. They can text. They can exchange pictures. So they never have to give out their real phone number. Also, there's Google uh, has a phone line that you could also, an app you could download for free. So all they have to do is Google. Believe me, when you become single, Google is your very best friend. If you don't know something, Google it, and there'll be lots of resources and information That's to gather for yourself. But I would say definitely that what they do is they don't ever give out your real phone number. It's just not a good idea. And you don't have to. I'm Catherine Miller. You're listening to Divorce Dialogues here on WVOX 1460 AM every other Wednesday and also available as a podcast on our website, www.divorcedialogues.com. And I'm talking today with Bernadette Smith, the founder of Compatible Connections. And uh, Bernadette, if our listeners are interested in finding about your services or learning more about you or contacting you, how can they do that? All right. The listeners on my website is compatibleconnections.biz. That's B-I-Z. They can click on schedule a discovery session. It's free. They can email and telephone calls. We're great too. And again, all my contact information is on the website. They can also follow Compatible Connections on Facebook because I share lots of materials on social media and I also include a dating tip every Friday. That's great. And Bernadette Smith, what do you think makes a loving relationship last? The first word that comes to mind, Catherine, is respect. Because without respect, in my book, nothing else matters. You have nothing else to build on. So your foundation, I say every relationship has a four-corner foundation. The first corner would be respect. The second would be honesty. The third would be trust. And the last would be communication. Yeah. And, you know, it's really, I mean, I often say to people that I think that, you know, when people say to me, I mean, I've been a divorce lawyer for a long time. You know, what is it you think that really leads people to get divorced? And I think it's a real breakdown of communication. Because I think the breakdown of communication 
affects trust, affects honesty, and that is an you know dishonesty is a breakdown in communication, and ultimately respect erodes away. I absolutely agree because couples need to create a open, soft, safe place to fall. To be vulnerable with the, with each other is so important to be able to share openly and honesty. And that's why I think the relationship checkup is a wonderful skill to implement in your relationship. Yeah, let's go back and talk about that a little bit because I thought it was really interesting. You know, obviously it's pretty clear. What I love about you is fill in the blank, right? But, you know, the, the second thing about where things might be not going so great, like when I notice that when we're fighting or before we fight or this always leads to a fight, I mean, I think you were also talking about that being part of the relationship checkup. Is that right? That's absolutely right. When you're in a relationship, you come to notice what gets your negative attention. I have a theme with my husband. I found him on eHarmony. He was number 68. (laughs) And what I've learned in this, uh, my second marriage, is that when I see something that absolutely doesn't make sense to me, it does to him. So it's my responsibility to ask curious questions, and that's exactly what I do. And I said, whatever it may be, I know there's a good reason why this is here or this isn't here or whatever it is. Could you tell me more about that? And sure enough, there's always an explanation. So really, it's about noticing what gets your negative attention and talking about it and never making assumptions. And you know what relationship checkups really do for men? They become a non-fixer. They actually learn to listen to you. And when we have relationship checkups, we actually do it the first of every month because we got married on November 1st. So I would suggest the listeners to pick their first date or their anniversary date and as a reminder to schedule the relationship checkup and to sit down and have a warm and loving conversation that will grow your relationship deeper into intimacy. And uh, Bernadette Smith, what do you think about like the the natural defensive reactions when people try those conversations on their own? You you know what I'm talking about when someone says, you know, you, you know, you always, you know, try to undermine me when we're in front of this mess or, you know, just to pick a note, a name, you always or, you know, uh, you know, whatever that is, you know, where people then will start saying, no, that's not true. I don't do it. I mean, because I don't think that's the point of the relationship checkup. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely not. Um, what I tell people to do is don't make your partner wrong. Only focus on yourself. So that would sound different, and a good communication skill would be when you blank, I feel blank, and what I would like is, so it's actually a shift in how you present your request, your behavior request change, whatever it is that you're noticing in a negative way in your relationship, it's how you frame it so the other person doesn't feel wrong. Yeah. And I think, you know, apology also goes a long way. You know, when you do hurt someone or you act in a way you might regret later. (laughs) Well, exactly. It's also seeing remorse. When you see your partner feeling bad about what he may have said or did or, gee, I just screwed up. It wasn't my intention. When you see remorse, I actually don't look for an apology because I think remorse speaks volumes. Yeah. 
No, I think you're right. I mean, there's something called fundamental attribution error that I see in my practice a lot. And, and that, you know, basically says that we judge ourselves based on our intention, right? Maybe I hurt you, but I'm coming from a good place and I'm still a good person. Mm-hmm. Uh, we judge other people based on the impact of their actions upon us. Basically, we say, okay, if you hurt me, you must have hurt me. Therefore, you must have been, you must have intended to, so you're a bad person oversimplifying. But I think this happens a lot in marriages and it leads to really challenging results. Like you said, it's a lack of communication. Yeah. And actions really do speak louder than words. They do. People can say they're sorry, but then they go, oops, again, oops, geez, really? Oh, I didn't mean it. Um, I actually had a client who is on the fence with divorce because she found out her husband was cheating on her for two and a half years. Before finding out on her own through his uh, internet, she actually thought she had the best marriage yeah. ever. She was so blindsided and so hurt. I think that's really hard for men and women yeah. to tumble with that trust I, issue. I think so, too, because you think you're living this life, and all of a sudden, in the blink of an eye, you realize it's a lie. They were actually living a secret life. Yeah. Yeah, and it's re- I had that personal experience. Yeah, and I think that's really hard to figure out who you are then in relationship to that marriage. You know what I'm saying? Like, leave aside the hurt and the betrayal. But if I thought this, how could my own view of the world have been so skewed? Was that your experience? Well, I took it in a different place. I'm thinking, you know, was there a part that I played in this? Because yeah. I actually was a career mom at heart but gave it up to raise the family. I had two children. So I just thought, how did I not see it coming? And was there something that I had at play here? Because I had poured my soul out to being a wife and a mother. I forgot all about Bernadette. Yeah, And And that's unfortunately what a lot of people do. Right. And that is not good for your marriage in the long run. No, it's not. So making sure you hold on to who you are in it and and go forward. Absolutely. All right. Bernadette Smith, founder of Compatible Connection. Thank you so much for being our guest on Divorce Dialogues today. Catherine, it was a pleasure. 